toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness we are souls on the journey opening up the conversation to heal awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency it starts with you everything you need is within you this is your time i am stacy musial and i am sam fernandez and we are your co-hosts at be the love podcast thank you for tuning in and ascending with us hop on board the ascension bus this is adrian elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. This is Dr. Brent Satterfield of Inner World Movement, author of Bringing Heaven Home. Hi, this is Dana Parker with Inner World Movement. Hi, my name's Steve Nobel. Here I am with Stacy and Sam on Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so honored and grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present in this now moment. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light, Breathing in love for yourself and breathe out the light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Rachel Wilkinson. Rachel is a native of Midwesterner and freelance writer living in Houston, Texas. One day, she hopes to carve out enough time to write a novel about her misspent youth. But until then, she's created Life Mancy, the love child of her passion for spirituality and science. By the end of 2018, Rachel had driven her life into a ditch, unsure of the future with nothing left to lose. She decided to magic her way out of misery. And now she's putting her lifelong interest in mysticism and the occult to good use. And she's taking Life Mancy fans along for the ride. Rachel is a writer by day and witchy podcaster by night. She is also an incorrigible storyteller who hopes the fate will finally smile on her. So thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is so exciting. I would like to just start out by asking you if you could just share a little bit more about what got you started on this journey. Sounds like it's been quite the journey. (laughs) Yes. So um, 
Hi, I'm Rachel, and I pretty much like to say that my life was a dumpster fire, so I turned to witchcraft, <laughs> and I figured it can't get any worse. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, don't get me wrong, I have kind of been into witchy things for as long as I can remember. I had my first tarot cards when I was 12, mm -hmm. so I always had an interest in spirituality, occultism, otherworldly things, but uh, I kept trying to, I kept trying to live the life that everybody else told me I should be living. Mm -hmm. And I tried to follow all of the rules and the rules did not work for me. They really, you know, there's this idea that if you do well in school and you work hard and you live this particular, particularly Midwestern life, that's real. Um, <laughs> that that you will achieve what you want to achieve you'll 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 be who you want to be you'll find happiness and that was not that was not my situation my situation was um uh i don't know how deep you want to get into this but i have also been sort of battling depression and anxiety my whole life and i don't know how much of that was well I do know some of it is brain chemicals, but the other is fighting against this idea of the shoulds and the expectations mm. and staying in your, you know, this, this box that everyone wants you to live in. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, I mean, it's so, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say, cause it's so stereotypical, but by like 39, I had I just hadn't achieved anything that I thought I was. I mean, I don't know if you're, you know, you're 20 years old and I was like, I'm going to write a novel by the time I'm 25, I'm going to do this amazing thing and that amazing thing. And then I, I was looking down the nose at 40 and for the most part had really failed at it. Had, had just either had it never started or had tried and it didn't work out. And so I thought my plan Z was going to be to be a mom. And this was maybe not the greatest decision on my part because my rationale was, well, nothing else worked out. So why don't I let my child be part of the world? And I will live vicariously through that. Like all of the wrong, worst reasons mm -hmm. to do this. And then found out couldn't have children. Ended up going through all of that. And even that was uh, not going to happen. So at that point, which was, I would say about, Hmm. 2015, 2016, I just took a nosedive. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I, I, it, I was deeply depressed. I was dealing with the grief, but I was also dealing with the midlife crisis and the existential crisis that came after it because there is so much built on life as a mother and how you should be a mother. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, you get in these shoulds, these expectations. And, um, and my husband, I mean, he was deeply disappointed. And so everything that we thought we were going to be or do kind of vanished, really sort of left us without knowing which way to turn. And while it sounds really amazing, to have this unknown future where you can do anything and make any choices, it is also terrifying and sad because it's almost too much choice. It's, I, I mean, 
a very long story short, I felt very purposeless. I felt like, I mean, at one point I thought I was just a, I don't even know if I should say this, but I I felt like a parasite that was just breathing air. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, I am here to consume and then I'm going to die. And that is going, all I'm going to do. Right. So when you pair that mental trouble with depression and anxiety, plus you just have all of these kind of disappointments and then blow up a sort of dream though. I don't know if I would call it that since I don't know if I was doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it left me in a state. And so I was sort of fishing around. Um, I'd also lost my job too. So Mm -hmm. it was a universal cleansing of the slate. Mm. Like I just felt like the universe came in and said, none of this is for you. You're going to start from ground zero. And truly, really, truly, I thought, well, this can't get any worse. Let's go do some magic. Like Mm. there was, I mean, what is anybody going to think at this point? I had already sort of become this strange person that was not doing the things that she was supposed to do. How many more people was I going to disappoint? It didn't matter. So yeah, I had a, I had a very powerful experience with uh, the Lord Ganesha actually. Mm -hmm. And it has now changed the entire trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. So for which I am very grateful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank (laughs) thank you, Ganesha. But yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. It sounds like really just on that journey and and you thought your life was going one way and then Ganesha, the universe, you know, the experiences you've had leading up to that has, have really shifted into say, no, this is really the path you're supposed to be on. And, and coming to, into an acceptance of that, that sounds like it must've been really life changing and took some time to, to maybe get to that place of, of complete acceptance and, um, or acceptance but um, I'm wondering, yeah, so tell us a little bit about how that, you know, the magic came into that, like magicking your way out of that and what that was like <laughs> for you. Well, it, it needs a little bit of setup, but uh, if you will bear with me for just a minute, I mentioned that I had lost my work. So essentially I was working as a contract writer for an educational company. I was writing um, consumer economic kind of information, uh, history information, but it was for software and a very typical job. The only thing that wasn't typical was that it was sort of freelance and I was able to work from home, but it was still had this very kind of just educational aspect. And, uh, the, the business had some trouble and I ended up, they not, they, they couldn't renew my contract. And so I was left without, uh, work. And I kind of cast it around and I thought, well, I'm a writer. I'm kind of interesting. I'm going to put pithy phrases on mugs and sell it. (laughs) That's going to be my get rich quick scheme. (laughs) And I started a little store with Amazon called Jabbernax, (laughs) which (laughs) I thought was going to be so brilliant and so (laughs) clever. Um, and it was just one of these things. You, you, you make a mug, you throw it up there, and you hope it sells. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is what I'll do. And 
Then I decided to do my first crystal grid. I don't know if you know much about crystal grids, but there is a crystal grid that was about opening um, financial doors, starting a new business. It was sort of, a, it was definitely full of malachite and citrine and jade. And it was, but it was to Ganesha. And it was sort of this um, a ritual that you would do for 40 days. And uh, it, it was just to kind of, I don't know, I, give you a blessing before you got going, hope, you know, you're smooth sailing. It was just, well, uh, if you know much about Ganesha, his whole being is sort of opening roads, opening doors. And so, gosh, so like I mentioned, it was 40 days. I made it to about 27, 28, 29, something like that. And then I had to go on a trip to Austin and I was involved in an event there and some of my baggage caught up with me and I got completely distracted and I, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do what I said I was gonna do. Mm -hmm. So I got back. And I was like, eh, I don't know, I don't know. Day 40 rolls around because it was all very, very close. And I mentioned I was doing this Amazon account. On day 40, the whole account locks, hmm. completely locks, can't get into it. And I call customer service and I'm trying to get this thing taken care of. And every time it's like, it'll be done in a week, it'll be done in a week, it'll be done in a week. It, it was not done in a week. I ended up talking to some friends and they said, well, maybe you should do makeup days. Do like seven makeup days for Ganesha and see if that works. <laughs> and I absolutely did. I did, I did seven makeup days and no, it didn't matter. It was, it was still gonna be locked. And so I would have to say at this point we were going on uh, at least six weeks, seven weeks and they still couldn't get this problem solved. I, it was now I was under review and it was really frustrating. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to start over. I'm going to start on day one, start again, do 40 days and do it right. And the funny thing is over these 40 days, I absolutely did that, by the way, I made every single day. But during those 40 days, I came up with Life Mancy. I couldn't do anything else, but that I had assumed I was going to do as far as my, my mug, my mug empire. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was like, well, this is sort of interesting. And I kind of got these ideas and I, I knew that I wanted something that was very approachable and very relatable and had a lot to do with kind of demystifying the occult and bringing it into people's real lives. And I, as I was working on this, I was still doing this ritual. And I'm not kidding when I say I got to day 40 and then not six hours later, eight hours later, it was something like four or five in the morning because uh, I had done it the evening before. I got an email from Amazon that said, oh, everything's fine now, go ahead. I was so floored. I took pictures. I took pictures of every, I took pictures of my tracker. I took the, you know, as I was checking off days, because it's like, no one is going to believe me. 
-hmm. because it was the exact day. It was like October 19th. It was the exact day. And by that time, I didn't care about mugs. Like, I, and so I feel very strongly, probably more strongly than I should, that this entity, deity, energy, however you want to consider it, came in and once again said, this life is not for you. You are, you are, you are not allowed to do these things that are low expectations. Mm. There is so much more you should be doing. I know you don't like to hear this, but it's time to get over yourself and get on it. And that's really, I mean, that was really the transition at that, at that point. And then let's see, that was October and January was my first episode. So mm. I spent the rest of that fall and winter preparing for this. And in fact, now I'm doing freelance writing. I'm writing what I want to write. I'm talking about what I want to talk about. I am talking to incredibly interesting people. Like that's one of the greatest parts about podcasting Mm -hmm. is you get to meet all of these really interesting people and learn from people. So yeah, I am, I am not regretful about the previous life only that it took me this long to figure it out. (laughs) That's uh, that's awesome. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, our listeners who are listening right now, I know for me anyway, your story was like, okay, wait a minute, you're telling my story. Like, what, what's <laughs> yeah. that all about? Cause you know, my, I, I grew up the, in a, you know, a, a broken home kind of thing. And, and uh, I was, I wanted to be a professional musician you know, I wanted to go on tour. I wanted to do, you know, recording in studios. Like I wanted all this stuff. And um, then, you know, quote unquote reality hit and, and, you know, I got married and I uh, needed to have the the full-time job and the 401k and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then that all kind of flew, uh, fell by the wayside when we moved to Belize um, to kind of do our like semi-retirement thing. And then, you know, marriage fell apart and I came back here. And when I came back here, it was like, what, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And with you and Ganesh, the Archangel Michael visited me in my dream. Oh my <laughs> God. So me it too. was, yeah. Oh. He didn't tell me anything. It, it was just like, it was, it was, it was really, really. Oh friend, I got to so tell real. you about a dream. If we're going to talk dreams and the Archangel <laughs> Michael and I can get into Zadkiel because, oh my God. go! I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just got oh, really no. excited. <laughs> that's, that's totally cool. <laughs> I'm kind of excited now too. Um, but, but yeah, to, to, you know, and I think, like I said, uh, for a lot of our listeners, I think they could relate to the the part of not wanting to be a part of like the 3D society that is expected to be a part mm-hmm. of, you know, like, like we were talking about, you know, the, the eight to five Monday through Friday job. And, you know, if you want to get up in the, you know, move up in the corporate ladder, you got to work harder or you got to, you know find the right people to kiss their ass, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, you, you work until you're 65, you have your retirement, which unfortunately I think most people by that time are so just run down that they're not even able to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. then you die, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, that does not, that, I mean, that doesn't sound. You give it, you've given your labor to the world for the yeah, years exactly. that you have lived. And now, exactly. mm-hmm. and for the, and, you know, I think for the most part, you know, we, 
don't do what we want to do, what we love to do, what we have a passion to do. Because, you know, for me, I was, and I still am, you know, afraid of, okay, well, what if I fail? You know, with the, with the eight to five, Monday through Friday corporate job where you're working for someone, that's, that's at least that's a little solidity. It might not be what I want to do, but it's solidity, right? So what if I go this route and I work for myself, but what if I fail? You know, and with your story, it's just, it's, it's such a cool story because you didn't fail. Like you had these little like hiccups, but there was. And, glad that you would like to call them hiccups. Well, <laughs> they were hiccups. I mean, you know, we're talking right now and, and you know, but they, they seem like failures, you know, and I yeah. know for me, I've gone through that where it seems just like, you know, this failure, you know, nothing's going to go right anymore. And I also have anxiety and depression and all that too. Um, but once you get through it, maybe a little bit afterwards, you look back on, you're like, okay, that was a lesson. That wasn't a failure. Like with mm -hmm. the whole Ganesh thing with you, you know? So I don't know, just when you were telling your story, it's like, oh my God, that's my story too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the, with the, the magic and all that, and I, I'm not, you know, too well versed in, you know, Wiccan and things like that. I know a little bit about it. Um, but, you know, I, I do firmly believe that magic is all around us, you know, and it's not the abracadabra, poof, I'm going to pull a rabbit out of my hat kind of magic. It's the, you know, we're still alive, the sun's still shining, you know, seasons are still going, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So um, I just wanted to, to, to bring that out there. But if you want to talk about dreams, I'm, I'm up for this. <laughs> well, I'll, the only thing I'm going to say that I don't know if maybe Lord Ganesha and Archangel Michael like are a tag team uh -huh. or something. Cause those two seem to work together and like high five in each other in the corner. Like, yeah, we got this one <laughs> because I, I, so I traveled to Salem. Um, oh God, it had to have only been like three or four months after I started the podcast. And I, and I'm actually, I lived uh, for a little bit in Boston and my husband still works for a company that is located next to Salem. So we had this habit of going back and plus I, you know, I enjoyed it because it was always kind of witchy and, and it was mm -hmm. uh, a lot of fun. And so when we were planning this trip, I called a couple of friends. I said, Hey, I want guests on the podcast. Do you want to be on the podcast? And they said, sure. I want to, I want to introduce you to a couple of people. And I went to Salem and I was talking to these individuals and, and they were lovely and pleasant and it was interesting interviews, but I had Archangel Michael stalking me like straight up stalking me <laughs> he can be a stalker <laughs> yes yes so i was going there was a store i didn't even i had never even been to this store but it was uh you need to come to this place tomorrow somebody said you know i need to teach you or i need to introduce you to this person etc etc et you know the things how that works right mm -hmm. you get talking i walk in and their patron is the Archangel Michael. Hmm. I walk somewhere else and somebody is talking about the Archangel Michael. I'm going to tell you that I had sort of another kind of embarrassing moment because I did a, a personal guided find the name of your spirit team kind of meditation. And I had been spending 
months talking to Michelle. I thought it was Michelle. And I went and I had this woman, she was lovely. She did aura drawings and she would draw your aura. And she's like, what is this big blue thing that is just you? Mm. Why won't you listen? <laughs> like, why aren't you doing what you're told? And I said, I don't know what that is. And like, well, there is someone trying to talk to you. And I said, well, that's probably Michelle. And she said, you know what Michelle is French for, right? <laughs> and I said, Michael. <laughs> She's like, yes, yes. So like that dude has been on me for a while. Yeah, yeah I I, uh, I can totally relate. And like I said, he, he came to me in a in a dream and uh like I was able to like feel like the feathers on his wings and like the, the tunic, like the material. And I could still feel it when I rub my fingers together. It's it's just crazy. But yeah, he, he is a stalker. He can be a stalker, you know. And uh <laughs> he he's he's actually a huge part of my spiritual team, I come I come to realize. But um yeah, I just think that's you know, it's it's just it's so cool how the you know the the guides and the spiritual teachers and the masters and stuff from the higher realms how they come into you mm -hmm. when you least expect it and it's like whoa shit like it's 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 not like a subtle like knock 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 hello anybody home it's like i'm busting through the door <laughs> yeah you know, whether you like it or not i'm coming in and uh it's pretty it's it's pretty intense and it's pretty you know surreal when that happens and you know just kind of it's it's just really cool too because like you know you were talking about with with the magic and and how in your past you know you basically thought you were set up for failure you know and that's what i thought too and then sometimes you know you get these higher beings that are like nah let me show you let me show you what what is actually up and you literally just get knocked out of yourself you know and it's just it's mm -hmm. it's so cool well you I'm curious too okay. Go ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I, as I'm, I'm sitting here listening and reflecting, um, and I, I'm wondering if like other listeners might experience similar thing as I am, like, because I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day, which, um, so for me, like, I've never had any of these experiences. So like, I've never had like, you know, felt um, Michael or anybody else come to me, unless I consciously connect with them and so like I will maybe do a meditation you know with um, Archangel Michael or Ganesh Ganesh I've always felt really connected with but I've never felt him like in a way that he might come to me or you know I've always I've asked you know the um in my dreams I, I'll, I'll say before I go to sleep I've been doing this for years and I have yet to receive an answer but asking even like the names of my guides and so I'm wondering what you would say, tell someone who hasn't maybe had those kinds of experiences and maybe how they can um, connect on this level, because, um, you know, I've meditated for years. I've been on the spiritual journey since I was, well, like, you know, 12 too. I was, I remember just, you know, doing astrology and, and things like that and really connected. And so it always felt like there was maybe a, a disconnect or maybe something like maybe I don't have guides or 
<laughs> which I know is not true. <laughs> well, I, I'm, do. Very, <laughs> I'm very protected. I do know that. I, but it's like, you know, that's kind of thought a thought that popped in my mind. But I was just really curious what you might say to listeners that haven't had these profound experiences like that. Well, if I could, I would like to share two ways in which they might feel something or, or have that connection. And then one way in which they can find the name of a guide. So if you are comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So first I have to say, it's not so much feeling, at least for me. It was not the whole Amazon with the mugs and the locking everything down. I felt nothing. It was just, I had no say in what was going on in my life. It was sort of like, this thing is going to happen and you are going to have to experience it, but the experience is going to be worth it. And only in hindsight, do I realize much of what was happening at the time. Only once you get distance and, and sort of look back. So I think for anyone who is really struggling or who feels like they in some ways don't even have agency in their own life as if these choices are just being yoinked. It's just sort of like, no, you don't get this and you don't get that. And no, we're just going to knock over everything on this table. I think, I don't, I don't know if I would go as far as to say there is predetermination or fate or anything like that because I believe very much in choice but I do feel like there are some moments that you will only appreciate a year down the road mm -hmm. and that when you are in the midst of it you just have to remember that this too shall pass I had two kind of mantras that was one of them this too shall pass and then the other one that I still use is do it afraid and that one has been a powerful motivator for me because I like y'all I spent half of my time terrified you know like you know I'm I'm, I'm really scared to do stuff and mm -hmm. uh and sometimes I, I just heard this great quote your comfort zone is where your dreams and aspirations go to die and it's a little morbid but it was also extremely powerful to me. It resonated strongly with me. I do love my comfort zone, but this is why I say do it afraid because I want to reach my dreams and aspirations. And as long as I sit here trying to be small or trying to be quiet or trying to do what is in my expectations, that's never going to be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, so I just want to reassure any listener who is like, well, I don't get to feel any of this stuff. It, it's not this climactic experience. It is <laughs> enlightenment by paper cuts. I can't, I can't sort of figure it out. It's just sort of like these very tiny things that you never notice at the time. And only and the aftermath, you look back and you go, oh, shit, <laughs> I should I wish I had paid more attention. Oh, that was a thing. I didn't realize that was a thing because you have to get perspective. Like you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So I think there is on a certain level, you just have to be kind to yourself. You have to be patient with yourself and you have to be OK, not saying, oh, I need to feel this thing. The other that was one. 
Two. Two is pay attention to your dreams, write them down, um, do everything you can to really connect to your dreams because dreams when they are brain junk versus experiences are going to feel entirely different. If you want to feel something, it is in the dream. You, Sam, you were talking about having this dream. I had a dream with the a angel Zadkiel. I didn't even know this angel existed. And I was, the details don't matter. Nobody wants to hear about other people's dreams, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, I can still remember the color of the carpet of this room, what was on the walls, the, 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 the face of the people I was talking to. And these, the two people I was talking to were just regular folks. They were, it was an older couple. And I was, mm, I don't want to say proud, maybe a little proud, skeptical. They were like, oh, you need to, you need to do this. And I'm like, yeah, what else? I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to do what I want. And the whole house that I was in started shaking. And this couple was like, oh my gosh, he's coming, he's coming. And at first I'm like, oh, what nightmare did I summon from my <laughs> unconscious? <laughs> what am I going to have to deal with? And it was um, like a Victorian, you know, those rounded kind of corners that have the three windows. It's almost like a, uh, I don't know what they're called, but yeah, like um, big bay windows kind the of big thing. bay windows. Yeah. There's the big one with the, and they, they kind of uh, make a, like a semicircle. Uh -huh. Well, this suddenly fills up with purple beams of light flooding, flooding this room. So brilliant. I was like, Oh shit, maybe I should kneel. <laughs> like it was because I because they because they were on the ground, they were like, you know, in sort of this respect and homage. And I'm sitting on a couch being like, mm, okay, you know, I'm not gonna get on a I'm not getting on the floor. What are you talking about? And this light comes in and I saw this humanoid shape as an outline of the humanoid shape floating there outside this window, not even speaking, but I knew exactly what it was. And that the strange thing because I'm a Presbyterian like I'm not even Catholic like there's you know I was raised as a Protestant and, a, and in somewhat of a Christmas and Easter kind of <laughs> religious way and so I but I had this essence of okay this is this is an angel this is something incredibly mm -hmm. powerful I did get on my knees <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie that was enough where I was like okay I'll do this mm -hmm. but uh yeah I I remember everything about this dream I didn't have to write it down it's a memory mm -hmm. it's not it's not brain junk you know it's right. not this thing that you forget as soon as you brush your teeth mm -hmm. so I ended up the next day looking up what's purple you know, what, what, you know, what I knew it was an angel. I knew it was purple. I, that's all I had. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I read about Zadkiel about how purple was their color and how it was about, um, healing and, and healing past trauma. And it was just mm -hmm. incredibly powerful. Cause it, for me, it was this experience of saying, no, we're here. You got this. And yeah, you know, maybe do some kneeling and, uh, you know, we're good. And mm. so it just, 
there are these dreams. I'm sure some people have dead relatives that they talk to Mm -hmm. and it becomes memories instead Mm -hmm. of thoughts. So my advice in that sense would be keep a dream journal, write everything down, um, do it as much as you can. But that's, I mean, you're going to know, I really do, but you have to tune in. If you're, if you're not wanting something, I think I remember, I would repeat, I will remember my dreams. I will remember my dreams. I will remember my dreams, you know, (laughs) as I'm going to sleep, because you have to have some intention Mm -hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to have, yeah. And you have to have a little bit of practice, which is the, the writing down. So if you have a dream, if you wake up, write it down, talk it into your phone. Even if you are embarrassed to hear your sleepy voice in the morning, you need to know what you're dreaming about. And you also have to train your mind to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and those little activities, the, those little kinesthetic activities also help you do it. Now, I know I'm talking a lot, but one more thing then, if you would like to know the name, all you have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to know the name of part of your, what I like to call your otherworldly team, you find yourself in a, in a quiet space. Um, you can meditate if that helps you, but it's really just about being quiet and just being kind of centered in yourself. And you ask the question, what is your name? And then count down five, four, three, two, one. And whatever name pops into your head, that's it. It is, it is instant. And if you, there's nothing to second guess, even if it's like, well, that's my boss's name. And that's my so-and-so's name. Mm-mm. Whatever the name was, that's the name. That's who you speak to. So that's the way I did it. Yeah, and I uh, I agree 100% with everything you just said, because I've experienced pretty much everything you just said. Uh, when I had that dream with Michael, I didn't know it was Michael at the beginning. It was two angels visited me first, and they just flew away. And then the third one, like I said, I was able to literally crawl, like climb up to feel his tunic and his feathers and stuff. And when I woke up, I by the way, I'm super down. jealous. I want that experience. So <laughs> it, Michael, was pretty, it was pretty cool. If you're going to stalk me, at least give me this. I don't so. know. I, I don't know. You might have to be a gold card member to get that <laughs> oh, kind of experience. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no worries. But I was, I was writing stuff down. I was like, okay, who are you? And, and I did what you did. I asked, okay, what is your name? And it was it was so bizarre because it was like it was a feeling of a voice if that makes any sense it's like you could feel the voice instead of hear the voice and what i felt and heard was michael and when i wrote that down i just i dropped my pen and my paper and i was like wait what (laughs) wait you like you came to me you know and it's it was almost a it it was it you know it felt like an honor but it was almost like a but i don't deserve a being as powerful as you to come to me oh you know i've got yeah i have yeah. thoughts on that too because yeah. i did this so mine was michelle i didn't know i thought michelle was just a friend was a little you know i just got my wings kind of angel like let's <laughs> right. do some stuff and when i went to this woman who was drawing auras i said the same thing cuz yeah. she's like oh this is 
this is the archangel Michael, and you need to accept that because this is the only way you're going to hear it. And I was like, he's busy with people. <laughs> he's kind of an important guy. <laughs> who, who need a lot more done than I do. Right. And she laughed at me because she's like, this is a being that you cannot fathom or comprehend. Why can't this being be everywhere they need to be? There is no reason. And then I also had heard that it was sort of dangerous to call on the archangels, that you shouldn't call on the archangels, you know, for all these things. And she really gave me a lot of validation and, and, and just calm by right. saying, uh, I think the angels know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, it's why are fine. we the ones that are sitting there saying what, what angels should and shouldn't do? And yeah, no. Totally. And uh, yeah, and you were talking about, you know, um, if you want to know who your spiritual team is, all you have to do is ask. Um, and for me, I know uh, a few other of my spiritual team members. Another one was told to me, I have uh, the Virgin Mary around me as well. Um, and then one in a meditation is a Native American guide, and his name is Chitna. And I looked up, like you did, I looked up online, like, what does Chitna mean? What's Chitna mean? And I, I guess it's like an ancient tribe or something, you know? So pretty bizarre stuff. But one, one other thing I wanted to say too, and uh, this is something that, you know, Stacy was talking about how, you know, she hasn't really had these experiences. It's not always going to be, you know, Moses on top of the mountain and God speaks to you. You know, it's, it's not going to be that burning bush thing. I mean, yeah, I've had these experiences with Michael and with, you know, the Virgin Mary and stuff, but I have felt so much connection with the other realm, honestly, by you know, watching a butterfly fly around or a roly poly crawling on the ground or seeing, you know, a, a flower open up or thunder or something like that, you know, everyday things, everyday things that you can, that I anyway can find different meanings of. So it's, it's not always, you know, a giant, you know, trumpets and, you know, hallelujah moments. I don't know that you actually like feel anything. I've never felt a thing like I'm, you know, that's why I was like, I want, I want the tunic and feather experience. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I have billboards, like literal billboards. I will ask a question, and the next billboard will give me the answer. And it was, it, it happens occasionally where it's just I'm so focused on something, and then it's, well, billboards kind of like they're positive affirmations anyway but right. some of it yeah. is really so relevant so right. it just feels like there's they, these little messages right yeah and I think you bring a really good point too because you know some people like and I've I've thought about this in my own life and, and just my own process you know and how I receive information and everyone receives information differently so that might not be the being that comes and maybe you might right. feel drawn to a being um but you might not have that you know profound experience or or maybe it might be profound but um like I know I've always been drawn to Ganesh I actually had a, a um a painting like a three by two painting of Ganesh painted it's like the most beautiful thing uh one of our we actually interviewed the artist um but it was, you know, just something I've always been drawn to. But then also those messages, you know, you received like in in the world, in the universe, like I can, yeah, ask a question and say, okay, the next time 
I, um, you know, if you, if this is my path, you know, the next decision I make, you know, show me, um, you know, maybe a double uh, or a triple digit of nine or something or seven or eight or whatever number I'm looking for, you know, and, 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 and that will like appear within my, um, my awareness, like pretty quickly. Um, or I'll say, you know, give me, um, yeah, a, you know, um, assign a symbol, you know, let me have the symbol in my awareness or whatever it is. Um, and then others, you know, at other times I'm, I'm very connected with energy. So I can feel energy around me and, you know, trees, nature and things like that. And that, that is, has been my, my connection as well. Um, but I also, um, one of the things I was, I really wanted to kind of go into today um, that I know we um, kind of talked about is because I know your, your podcast life fancy you talk about so much and it's, there's so many rabbit holes I think we could go down um, but I'm really interested in that topic of astral projection I know we um, talked about everything else except why I'm actually supposed to be here to talk sorry it's, it's a good lead it's, it's a good okay. lead it's, it's a good okay lead this is all beautiful discussion I love it all um, but I, I do want to yeah just take a maybe deep dive into that and and you know find um yeah if you could tell us a little bit about well for our listeners who don't know what astral, project, astral projection is if you could just kind of give us a overview of what that is and and let's yeah dive into that yeah for sure so astral projection is just the ability to leave your body in a sense uh it is it is um well some people think it's separating your soul so others think it is a mind journey mm -hmm. and but it is this idea that your your body is chilling wherever you're chilling bed living room whatever but you yourself are able to travel to different dimensions travel to different places in the world travel to different times based on how you want to do this astral projection and, it, and the astral plane is really what it's kind of named after the astral plane is this is the astral plane is kind of also the plane of dreams and it is also sort of a place where um i don't know all, like like i don't want to say universal knowledge is stored i mean it's a little bit like that it's a little bit collective conscience mm -hmm. but it's also really the place of all human thought two does that make sense mm -hmm. and so yeah. it's the idea of just taking this this visit and i have found astral projection incredibly interesting mostly because i can't do it <laughs> and so i think I remember when i said i was kind of a coward and kind of afraid like yeah so there's there i have this little block because i'm also terrified of the idea of leaving my body i love my body it's very comfortable <laughs> here so but i have tried i've tried a couple of times i've tried and and in part of life mancy is my own exploration in a sense of trying to evolve trying to be a better person trying to create this life that i want to be living mm -hmm. and also kind of being part guinea pig because there are so many people who are maybe curious or who have walked by an occult bookstore kind of did what I call chicken necking, which I know you can't do when you're listening, but it's the, you bop around, you're looking around to see mm -hmm. what's inside without having to go in. And there are so many people and particularly in Texas where there's a lot of feelings 
about spirituality and witchcraft and the occult. Um, and so I'm sort of like going there first. Like I will walk into the store for you. I will do the, the thing that you find scary and strange because I'm interested for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I want, you know, I want to be doing these things. Mm-hmm. And so, that's really, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, that's really how I came into astral projection and I am still working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it sounds like just something that you've been practicing and maybe finding um, another way maybe to um, leave your body or maybe start to feel safe in doing that, but being kind of that guinea pig for your listeners. And, and so I'm wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about maybe your experience with that. It sounds like you've done it maybe a, a time or two. Um, oh, well, yeah, I've done it. I, I, I mean, I, I practice all of the time. I also had the uh, Lucille Light experience, if you have ever heard about that. So let me, let me start with some history because that is the other thing that I really like to do in life, Mancy, is give people real life history, real life science, like how do these things come together? Because astral projection has actually been part of military defense. And uh, that is a really interesting quirk about the Cold War. So if you travel back to 1983, um, there was something called the First Earth Battalion. Mm-hmm. And this was the idea that you could do remote viewing. This was all about, uh, I think they called it psychotronics. Psychotronics, I think is how they described it. And it was parapsychology research. And they were really worried that the Russians were ahead of them. And they were really looking for new ways to get an edge. Mm-hmm. And so there was a report that came out was it like six or seven months ago about the gateway process? Um, It kind Mm. of made the rounds on social media because they had Mm. declassified this thing. Well, the gateway process actually comes from the Monroe Institute. And the gateway process is, I I actually have it. I've actually started trying to do this. Um, It's trying to get you to, uh, well, really welcome astral projection. I mean, it's, it talks about brain entrainment which changes the frequency of your brain waves you have hypnagogia which is sort of the threshold between waking and dreaming and so they're trying to induce these things but also teaching you how to be safe while you're doing it because of and now you're gonna i don't know if you believe me but interdimensional beings mm-hmm. and so the military went to the Monroe Institute and, and they did this study that says, is this possible? Is this real? Could this happen? And that's where that gateway process paper comes from. I think it was the CIA or something that went around because the long story short is that the individual who was doing the research said, well, there's not anything that makes it not possible. And there are aspects of this that would suggest that perhaps it is real and because they were looking well the u.s was looking for this edge over the russians the hint that it might be possible was 
they're like, okay, we're, well, we're going to dump a bunch of money into this. And that's where you get the men who stare at goats. I don't know if you've seen that movie, mm-hmm. but uh, the men who stare at goats is a George Clooney movie, but it is based on the first earth battalion. They were trying to kill goats with their minds and trying to do all of these psychic studies that are totally legit. They were part of the Stargate program. I want to mm-hmm. say, um, uh, and so, cause they had this idea of this new mental battlefield. And so coupled with that, you have to fast forward to the future is that you have two Austrian doctors, one of them named Winkler, who was studying near death experiences. Mm-hmm. And what he was discovering is in the new in the near death experiences, people were seeing this light. They were having these profound experiences. They were coming back changed, completely changed. And so when he was working with people who had a lot of trouble, if he he thought if he could simulate the near death experience, it could short circuit the mind, give them the same sort of profound transformation and so he got together with a uh, one of uh, another researcher one of his friends and they turned their espresso machine into the prototype of the lucia light which is a big bright light that they put in your face <laughs> mm-hmm. and what they found though was that as they were testing this idea for near-death experiences people were actually benefiting in different ways from the light experience and from going on these light journeys. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I did as part of the podcast is I went on one of these light journeys Mm. and they have different patterns. I mean, it's over the years, they've collected light patterns and you, and you lay on the ground and there's a big circle led light. Uh, above you, you have your eyes closed and there's different flashing and, and the patterns end up creating individual experiences on the inside of your eyelids. If you ever get the chance to try this, definitely try it. Cause it's, it's a trip, like regardless it's, it's psychedelic and it's fun, but weird. And, <laughs> but the, that, that the whole idea is again, to create this sense of hypnagogia and brain entrainment and to uh, detach from your physical state. And so I had done it as an, I was interviewing these business owners. Um, I asked why they had gotten involved in it. And so that's why I was trying it. But I got really shy about talking about my experience. And it was only until they brought up the other light beings did I say, oh my God, that's what I saw. Okay. I'm not out of my mind because I, I saw a a figure comes in and a figure faded out. And I'm like, did I just see a person? I feel like I just saw a person that can't be right. That's something else. Uh, and I, I'm really quick to dismiss much of my experience. And it was only until they were talking about having the same sort of dimensional beings did I feel comfortable talking about it. So (laughs) these dimensional beings are kind of what keeps me locked in my body 
because even in the gateway process and even in the Stargate program, even in that CIA paper, they talked about the possibility of what happens if you transcend dimensions and meet an enemy because it was the Department of Defense. So they were sort of like, how do we train our soldiers to fight transcendental monsters? And which I thought was incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. But there is a sense that these beings are very, very, very real. And so when I have tried astral projection and I can give you a whole list of tools that you can use to try it, on your own, uh, I just, I was like, oh God, the, the monsters are going to get me. Like, you know, <laughs> just as I'm about to sort of pull that rope, that invisible rope that pulls you out of the body. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know how to deal with that yet. And I don't have, a, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with it, which is why I also found your previous episode so fascinating. I don't have experience with star seeds and, and that whole aspect of light journeying, but uh, I am very much into the science and the history and the research of it. So one day, one day, and I, and like I said, happy to give you tools and maybe you will have more success than me um, at, at sort of letting go and, and letting those blocks dissolve. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be awesome for the tools. And that's some amazing stuff. I have, I've, I've read a little bit of the Gateway Project too. So I kind of, you know, knew what you were talking about with that. But um, one thing that really uh, kind of perked my interest was when you were talking about the interdimensional beings and the anxiety and the fear that goes with that. Um, I, I think I've astral projected by accident before. I don't think I've ever actually done it on purpose, but I have, you know, read and listened to stories of people doing it and then you just said it too that there has been studies of people that have gone to the astral plane and have come back different you mm -hmm. know and immediately my mind goes to okay well is it possible if you do astral project and your soul leaves your body is it possible for another being to enter your body okay well now i'm gone. never astral projecting again sam and You've it's all heard, your fault you haven't heard this before <laughs> i i thought it was like i a, did not think a, about not that i just thought thing, i was gonna but... be like like fighting monsters in my mind you know like i didn't know what it was but now i'm gonna get possessed great awesome thanks well, i don't i don't know and real quick i, I also want to add a disclaimer for that that uh light projection that you're talking about uh we at be the love podcast do not condone that uh practice if you are prone to seizures <laughs> oh yes yes please yes, do yes. no 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 yes do please i am not a doctor <laughs> there you, we go Let's you, you need to talk to a doctor and read all of the warnings and do what is right for you yes yeah, exactly yeah. but um um but yeah because that that has always been like my hold back to actually you know physically um attempting to astro project you know, is the fact that, okay, well, what if I'm so far gone that I can't bring myself back and then something else comes into me? Because like I said, I, I have read stories about that, you know, they, you, and it could just be, you know, because you have witnessed so much stuff that you come back differently, kind of like the, you know, Kundalini thing when, you know, the, the snake uncoils, you know, and all your chakras get lit up, you're not the same 
anymore. Yeah, you're never coming back from that. So exactly like you, like you, you as you are right now mm-hmm. are never. And you know, it's a lot of people, you know, would consider that enlightenment. You know what I mean? So I was going to ask you how safe it is to astro project, <laughs> and you probably would have had a different answer for me I if I didn't tell you. And, and I think along that line, though, I'd love to hear you know the how the safety of it, but also how do you bring yourself back? Yeah, I it is this idea of a rope. So it, it I mean it's it's simple in that the the idea is that. When you get into a meditative state, uh, I'm sure many of you have sort of lost track of your body. You don't feel your hands. There's, there's, um, your mind is awake. You aren't asleep, but you almost feel like you're floating, or you could almost feel like you're heavy. Um, your physicality changes, and when you reach this point of having lost your physical self. The idea is that you imagine a rope coming up from your chest or your stomach or just above you, and you climb that rope. So you imagine yourself hand over hand pulling this rope. And then the idea is that you continue to keep the rope. And it's the idea that this this rope is your tether to your body. And that as long as you maintain that 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 hook hand that that sort of tether then you you just follow the rope back um i have I, like i said i i i sit here saying all of these things not actually having accomplished it i'm sorry but uh i yeah i mean i just i keep we're, trying we're all <laughs> on a journey right to to try these things um and i'm wondering too like you know, just with astral projection, you know, and, and entering, you know, different realms and things. But I'm wondering, like, what can, how can we use it to discover more about ourselves? Well, I think there is just something beneficial about qu- being quiet with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that alone is very, very difficult for people. And mm-hmm. I, so, I, so there is an inherent bar- benefit that whether it's meditation or mindfulness, but sitting and having to clear your mind and do all that, total benefit. Um, But there's also, just like you said, there's this aspect of uh, if once you release the Kundalini Kundalini energy, you're never going to be the same person again. Mm -hmm. And there is also benefits in courage, strength, resilience, by even trying. And what I have found is probably, I believe that curiosity is my superpower. Like my ability to be curious about all of the things in the world is really what drives me. But actually taking action, actually participating in that, actually setting up the appointment and walking into the place takes um, courage and confidence and these sorts of things. So I feel like a lot of these tools, whether it's astral projection or whether it's divination or whether it's magic, is really about uh, leaving behind the expectations of the past 
and leaving behind what holds you back and and trying something new even if it's weird like get a little weird and and explore the edges of that box that you're living in and because there is far more out there than anyone understands i mm -hmm. i almost became a scientist and regardless like there is far more out there than scientists understand there is also i will also mention that in astral projection in particular there is a part of the brain which of course i can't remember the name now it starts with a p if somebody knows it, the pineal you know, gland? no, it's not the pineal no. gland, but it's something, it's something between, it's something between your frontal cortex and, and back there. And there are studies in which when this aspect of your brain is stimulated, you have an out-of-body experience. Like you do not feel attached to your body, that there, there is something in the mind that, that Pituitary? No, it's not a two. I, I will look it up. I will. I, I will find I'll it for you. We'll spend the yeah, rest I of the will... show guessing what it, what it is. Yes, it's. I got. I, I, you know, I'm so. I should. I should have written it no down. Worries. I didn't even think about it. I would There's think the pineal. That's a pretty spiritual, like you know, center. But how about no. our, our our listeners? If you know what it is. Uh, is there go a neurologist out there? Comment. Uh, yeah, reach reach out to us. Be the love nine 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 at gmail.com. Look us up here, and we might have you on the show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you know this, I would love to talk to you. But yeah, there's, there was this idea that there were they 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 were stimulating it. I don't know how they were stimulating it, but uh, that when the mind lit up in this way, you had this experience. So I almost wonder what they're that mind body space connection uh, there's there's something interesting going on there and i i do wish i knew more yeah definitely and um yeah we me and stacy have actually we've interviewed uh some people as of late who we've talked about that and um different uh frequencies of the brain where you get um one individual that we interviewed was talking about the theta waves mm -hmm. and when you hit that theta state is is that's basically your out of body Experience. yeah that's the brain entrainment that's exactly that's, yeah that's exactly what that is and so the, the and the gateway process the whole point is to teach you how to do that on your own the lucia light experience is supposed to induce that theta wavelength right. so that you mm -hmm, so that you can emerge exactly and uh and anytime you know anybody talks about this i i love when you know spirituality and science come together and this is, this is one of those times where spirituality and science yeah. comes together, you know? And it's just so cool because it's like, there's not that thick of a line between mm -hmm. the two, like not at well, all. Well, and you have to understand that many, many, many of our scientific forefathers were spiritualists too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They Numerologists, astrologists, uh, mm -hmm. like... I think I want to say Isaac Newton was both an alchemist and a neurologist mm -hmm. or not a neurologist, numerologist. And so I, I mean, and I even think that many of the scientists now understand that there is an edge where all of this bleeds together. Definitely, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And I'm wondering too, like, so just with astral projection and how we can really tap into the potential of this and what are some practical 
uh, things that we can use it for? Like what would one, what would a person really want to use it for? Well, some people thought during the pandemic, they would use it to go visit their friends. Mm. So you, you would, you could hang out with your friends in astral cause nobody's going to get germs on each other. <laughs> so, uh, that, I mean, that's really one of the, it sounds kind of juvenile, but that was one of the Makes very sense. practical yeah. aspects. It was, you want to get out of your house, astral project. Um, <laughs> but it's also related to, uh, and I know less about this, but the Akashic records mm-hmm. is another aspect of that. Uh, and it is the idea of tapping into information you may not otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also used for, I guess, I, it's not quite past life regression, but it's like the cousin of past life mm-hmm. regression in the sense that you could look back in history and from this third person point of view. And so, uh, you, you get different perspectives on things maybe that have happened to you or just that maybe happened in the world. Mm -hmm. But the idea is really about how do I gain new perspective on Mm -hmm. myself, the world, the universe, how do I see things from a completely different perspective? And I think that that is, that alone is a really great practical aspect, like Mm -hmm. just seeing, we see the world only from our two eyes. Mm-hmm. And I also think that part of spiritual enlightenment or part of that journey is detaching from all of that mm-hmm. ego identity, all of those things and astral projection. When you can sort of separate your mind from who you are or to get past this idea of your physicality. I have not accomplished this yet. Disclaimer. (laughs) But when you can do that, that, that you also, um, become more open to the, 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 the miracles of the universe, really. Like, I mean, you can, you can participate in the universe and the world in a way that others can't. Absolutely. Um, and I'm wondering too, if you could just kind of maybe share some practical tips or maybe some practices someone can use at home that they can jump into this and, and start using and start practicing. Yes. Well, you can still get the Monroe Institute's gateway process. Like you can get those downloads. You can actually buy that whole thing and work through the process. If that's of interest to you. Um, I also find a good pair of noise canceling headphones to be very excellent. Uh, find yourself some binaural beats. Uh, binaural beats are absolutely about brain entrainment and uh, sleep mask, noise canceling headphones. The idea is that you have to cocoon yourself in, in no distractions. And uh, so what I normally do is I lay in bed and in the dark usually. Uh, and I usually do it at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, but sleep mask, music, the headphones have all of this on. And then there is a shift that you can make in what you see. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how to describe this because you're essentially looking at the back, you know, the back of your eyelids, but there is a 
there is a space of darkness that is just past your nose. Like if you could imagine looking into darkness uh, six inches outside of your face mm -hmm. and you will start to see little tracers. And despite the fact that you, your eyes are covered, there's no light, there's nothing playing against your eyelids. I tend to see ripples of blue kind of cascade through and sometimes it's purple and eat whether this is blood whether this is neurons firing whether whatever that is or if i'm peeking into the astral whatever it is when you start to focus on those colors patterns images that's when you that's the edge of when you can start working towards astral projection because you, it's because you are actively engaged and actively looking at something, that's how your thoughts, the grocery list goes away, your mm -hmm. concerns go away, because you're actually watching something in front of you. So, but, it, but there's, there's a slight, it's very difficult to explain, but there's a slight shift in where you focus your eyes, like where you would be looking. Mm. And so if you imagine if you were reading a book, it's kind of like book distance, um, then you might be able to, to see that, but again, you know, build your own cocoon. Definitely. Awesome. And, uh, I, uh, I actually have a question too. Um, is there like a specific frequency of binaural beats that you would recommend for astral projection? Well, so again, the whole goal is to get to that theta place, mm -hmm. but I believe that that's going to be different for all sorts of people. I think people have got to find their song and people have to find what really creates that sense of well-being and safety and also the calm that comes from it i mean you just you got to find what works for you so that is that's very very personal i mean it's just sort of like uh what brings you to a place that you can you feel like you can let go mm. gotcha well, well, thank you very much for yeah talking to us. Is there anything else that um, on astral rejection that is maybe standing out that you that we haven't asked? Uh, no, I think we went over. I think we really went over quite a bit of it. I yeah. think, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just I, I I am interested in people who have had that experience. So mm. I will also ask your listeners if you yeah. have if you have had this experience, if you have actually astrally projected come talk to me contact at lifemancy.com drop me an email let me know because <laughs> i you know i'm 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 really interested and i'm also particularly interested in learning more about soul stealing and interdimensional monsters thank you sam <laughs> <laughs> look it up well, I, thing. <laughs> i'm sorry like, i freaked you out <laughs> i guess that's actually a really good lead-in um also rachel to tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on right now so I, uh, you can find me at lifemancy.com and lifemancy is a podcast that really does sort of, uh, play with these connections between science, history, everyday life. Uh, it's heavily storyteller based since that's kind of what I do. So you get my personal stories, um, along with historical stories. I also try to put things in context for people so that again, you, you can feel like you can try little things. It's very much magic for everyday life. 
And yeah, and I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Just type in Life Mancy, you will see a bunch of stuff. What I am working on right now, I'm very excited about because I am currently studying Qimen. It's a it's Chinese metaphysics. Hmm. And the law of attraction and Qi Min are are kissing cousins. Like it is really a lot of overlap. So I'm gonna be my next episode is going to be about the the Western idea of law of attraction and the Eastern idea of it and how they differ. Mm-hmm. So I'm really I'm very excited about that. So and it's probably out at this point. So yeah. Very cool. And I, uh... but- I want to make one thing clear real quick. I wasn't talking about soul stealing. I was talking about bo- <laughs> body snatching. Okay? Body snatching, body <laughs> <people>, yes. <laughs> Two completely different things, Rachel. Soul stealing and body snatching, okay? Right, fair, fair. My soul's still there somewhere. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for that distinction. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rachel, for being here with us today and, and just sharing your experiences with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please show the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website, at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and until next time love yourself love each other and love the world we love you love you guys take care we'll talk to you later we at be the love podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi foundation which is a nonprofit organization in uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.